Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Potter's beat writer. My boss, Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Woo! Jay, I'm telling you, it was a few minutes ago that I recovered from this weekend. From my perspective, could not have gone any better. It lived up to every expectation I have. Yes, Padres fans, uh, Padres would have loved to have won the series. You would have loved them to have won the series. Jay, what did you think? I was thrilled. I mean, I talked before. I, I have been a baseball fan since I was five or six years old, and this weekend is one of the reasons why. I mean, you, you see it all come out. I mean, I, I'm not always a fan of the way baseball's played these days, but um, uh, but you know, three hours and twelve minutes to play a two nothing game or whatever. Maybe that's not the the way it was drawn up, but but those are minor those are minor things. I mean, there is excitement. I mean, I think the only thing that could have been better is if you had, um, you know, 45,000 people there every night yeah. instead of 15,000. There was still uh, the dogs excited. Um, yeah, Penny. There, there was still uh, there was still a lot of excitement there. I was there. I was there Friday night, and I was there yesterday. Thought there was a noticeable difference in Dodger fans there on Sunday. A lot more yes. Sunday than than Friday, but I thought it was great. I mean, again, if you know. Padre fans would wish it turned out a little different. You know, somebody hit a fly ball on Friday night to win a game. You know, Mookie Betts is an inch an inch slower on Saturday night to – I can't even say send the game into extra innings. I mean, the Padres would have still had uh, two – the game would have been tied and they still would have been hitting in that, um, in that inning. You know, yesterday the Dodgers made a mistake and the Padres were able to capitalize yeah. with the uh, – the Corey Seager error, but just a lot of stuff to that we can go over. We can go over each game, but I thought in general it was a lot of fun. lived up to lived up to the hype. Can't wait for the next four. Almost makes you wish they were playing more than nineteen times this year. <laughs> Although I'm sure from a player's standpoint, and yeah. maybe from a beat writer standpoint, maybe that's not such a uh, such a good thing. And certainly not if they're going to play five hour games. It uh, will be good that they have a day off after that series in Los Angeles. I mean, that will be those those four games in LA will be games 14 or uh what 14, 15, 16, right. and 17 in a row for the Padres. These are exhausting. You talked about three hours and 12 minutes. The last two games were that long, and one of them was two to zero. And yesterday it was five to two, but those, you know, those final three runs came like that. So it was really a two to two game where uh three of the runs came on home runs and still a three hour, 12 minute game. I think we both want to, and I think anyone for the good of the game should want the game to change a little bit. But right now, if you want to be good at baseball in 2021, you're going to be selective with your pitches. Uh, You're going to see a lot of pitches, and that's going to contribute to uh, length of games. Plus, until we move the pitcher's mound back a foot or two or three, whatever, (laughs) um, whatever they're doing over there uh, in the Pioneer League or the Atlantic League, whatever, you're going to have a lot of strikeouts, and the games are going to take a while. I'll tell you what. Other, the five-hour game, there's no minimizing that. For the love of God, that was a long game. But those three-hour and 12-minute games, I wouldn't say they flew by, but they didn't feel like a three-hour and 12-minute game between the 2019 Padres and the 2019 you know, Pirates. They were thrilling. And how often does something, between what the media does to hype it, between what fans and social media do to hype it, Things. How often does something actually live up to it? A series in April that everyone can walk away from going, "Dang, that was good." And all three games as yeah. well. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like there was a 
you know, like there was a crummy game in there. I mean, I thought for a second yesterday, you start to wonder, I mean, you know, Snell all of a sudden he gives up a single and a home run. It's two, nothing. Uh, Trevor Bauer was dealing. It's like, and Snell was in trouble a couple of times. It's like, you know, a hit, a hit here, a hit there. And all of a sudden maybe it's four, nothing. And you're thinking, oh, this isn't, you know, this isn't what we signed up for. All three games turned out great. I, I do think the Dodgers have one, uh, one slight advantage this weekend uh, besides obviously playing at home is that, they play tonight and tomorrow afternoon in Seattle. Uh, so again, they did have to, to continue. They did have to travel, but they they fly home on Tuesday night from Seattle and they are off on Wednesday. So I, I do think that's a, a little bit of a bonus for them going forward. We can get into that more on, you know, on Thursday when we look at that series. I want to go back to, to Friday night and I, I don't even know where to start. So I'll just start with... The one thing that ticked me off that I'm still thinking about three days later, which is Jerkson Jerkson Profar bunting, and I've tried for three days to come up with a rational explanation for why the best hitter at the bottom of the lineup would be bunting with Luis Camposano and the pitcher on deck. So you tell me, what was that about? I, I don't know, and so much happened, Jay, that I haven't asked about it. Um, right. I figured you know, it got totally it, got lost, but I had to yeah. bring it up because it was one of those things where it's like that that sort of stands out, and it's a I, I don't want to say it's worrisome because it's not something we see a lot of, but it would be worrisome if it was the start of something we were going to see a lot of. I guess is the uh, the best way to say it. What stood out for you on Friday? Leaving guys that you moved over uh, to third base with one out in the uh, uh, 10th and 11th, you, you you don't do that against almost any team and survive, you know? You don't do that against the Dodgers. I mean, you deserved what happened to you right there. Ryan Weathers stood out. Talk about things that got lost uh, by yeah. the end of the game. Ryan right. Weathers, gosh, uh, he makes it through four full innings, uh, whatever it was. Was it 70 pitches? 75, um, more than he had thrown in a long time. I, I just thought this kid, he threw strikes against the Dodgers, for goodness sake. Look at what the trouble that Blake Snell had against the Dodgers. I mean, Blake Snell's had this trouble all year where he gets to 3-0 or he gets to full counts more than anybody else in baseball. But against the Dodgers, I mean, okay, that's what they do. I just thought Ryan Weathers was fantastic, and it will be interesting. Look, Denelson Lamette's going to come back, probably pitch Wednesday, maybe even tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Wednesday, then they get give him six days for Phoenix. And then with another off day, he gets six days after that. Oh, sorry. It's Arizona. I say Phoenix because that's the city I'm going to. That's how right. I think of things. I'm going to Phoenix. It's the opposite yep. when I say I'm going to Texas for, because I never say you're going to Arlington. You no, say you're going no. to Texas. It's like, that's a big state. Where are you going? Anyway, a uh, little something there for just me. Uh, uh, so, so that stood out. What was it? Uh, three for 20 and runners in scoring position stood you know, out. You know, it's funny. I didn't even realize that when it was happening. Like I hadn't looked at the, three for 20. At the box scores, the game was going on. And then on Saturday night, when they left some more runners on, I was trying to think, okay, what, what are they with runners in scoring position tonight? So I looked it up and it was like, oh, I wonder, you know, I can put together a, a, a tweet about how bad they've been with runners in scoring position. What were they last night? And so I looked and it was like three for 20. How did, they had 20 at bats with runners in scoring position. So did the Dodgers, and but they were six for 20. They were six for 20, right. And uh, <laughs> so that was, I mean, you, you certainly see why that game took five hours, but that was amazing. Three, three for 20. You know, you just, it's, 
So here's the, the thing about the Padres. Do, you just can't do that and, and expect to beat anybody, uh, whether you're playing the – we right. saw it earlier in the week. You, you can't hit like that and beat the, and beat the Pirates. Uh, but here's so the thing about the Padres, the Pirates, Jay, You're not going to beat the Dodgers. More than a quarter, 28% of their plate appearances have come with runners in scoring position. That's fourth most in the majors. That's exactly what you want. So yeah. in a way, like it's really hard to argue with Jace Tingler, who is, you know, Mr. Buoyant and about, look, it's going to turn. And well, maybe what happened yesterday is a sign that it will turn. And you keep putting Eric Hosmer up with uh, runners in scoring position in two, two outs. You're going to get a hit 42% of the time. Um, so, you know, that's fine. So like, that's really a positive. The Padres are doing everything that they uh, want to do, except hits with runners in scoring position. I don't know, but I need to look it up today because these are the kind of rabbit trails I get down. This is why I don't sleep. But I don't remember the last time that they had successive hits with runners in scoring position as they did yesterday. I know that's a lost art in the game today to actually put hits together. Um, but, you know, but because uh, they're not getting home runs in those situations either. But anyway, they're they're loading the bases. They're putting people on. They're just not getting the timely hits. And you know what? I'm inclined to believe or to agree with Jace Tingler. It's going to turn. I mean, well, I, come on. I, I think, you know, the alternative, I, I think if, <laughs> if you're going to pick between, you know, the, the two choices there, which is, you know, not putting many runners in scoring position, but getting a lot of hits right now with runners in scoring position or what the Padres are doing. I think in the long run for 162 games, you want to do what the Padres are doing right now, which is create all those opportunities for yourself. Because if you're creating all those opportunities sooner or later, those hits that you're getting before runners are in scoring position, you're going to get with runners in scoring position. So in the long run, I, I agree with Tingler. I mean, obviously – it's, it's true. I mean, I'm sure sometimes for fans, it's frustrating watching and just hearing, well, yeah, it's going to turn around. It's going to turn around. It's going to turn around. Well, when? But, you know, <clears throat> we're still, what are we, 17 games into the season? Um, you know, I had, I, I know somebody, somebody wrote to me on Twitter the other day and said, well, what if the, what if the Dodgers win again on Sunday? And what if the Padres get swept by the Brewers? You know, what will you say then? And I said, well, I get, I didn't write back, but I, I was thinking, well, what would I say? I guess I would say that the Padres obviously are going through a rough stretch, but they're 9-11. and 11. They would have been 9-11 and 11 if that scenario had happened. And they have 140 games to play. So I, I, I don't think that the season, you know, would be over one way or the other. I, I mean, I, I happen to believe this team is not, and I've said it before, happy to be proven wrong. I don't think they're going to win the National League West. So... If you're three and a half behind the Dodgers, five and a half behind the Dodgers, I'm not sure that's totally the thing to worry about right now. What you have to worry about is playing good baseball. And I I don't think the Padres are certainly not playing good baseball all the time right now. And and it's just little mistakes here. I mean, I thought, you know, and there's individual players we should we can talk about. One of them is Fernando Tatis, who you know, it's the long home run on Friday night. It was his only hit of the weekend. Makes an incredible diving play on Friday night in the hole on a ball hit, I think, by Chris Taylor. Tries to throw to second. Probably shouldn't have thrown it. But but if Jake Cronenworth is at the base like he should have been, they might not get an out there, but Cronenworth certainly would have been in position to stop the ball. Right. And two runs would not have scored uh, on the play. So I, I don't think it was the worst play in the world by Tatis there. I, I just think, but that's a little thing where Cronenworth has to be at the base in that situation. 
you know, Fernando Tatis, I don't think is going to hit 125 or whatever he's hitting for the whole season. I mean, he smoked the ball yesterday right at, mm. right at Turner at third base. And, you know, and the other guy we might as well get to now is Tommy Pham. And I don't think Tommy Pham's going to hit 125 all season either. To me, the issue, one of the problems with Pham is, and it almost seems like he's not seeing the ball that well, which is interesting because you wrote that whole thing in spring training about how he got his eye, his contacts worked and everything. But the way for Tommy Pham to get out of this is to, probably to keep playing. And Jace Tingler's talked about last week, you know, he's going to give him a long leash because of his history and he, and all that sort of thing. I'm sure at times he's wanted to use that long leash to strangle fam a couple times uh, during the, uh, during a couple of these games. You know, I did notice Friday, you know, Friday night, he was not in the lineup Saturday. He was in the lineup. I think mainly because Hosmer needed a rest. And so they were going to rest Hosmer, you know, look against every the lefty because the lefty, they were going to face at least five straight righties coming yep. up before they see Kershaw uh, again this weekend. Guys are not going to play every single day. So right. in that particular case, I mean, maybe Machado is. and But otherwise, guys are not going to play every day. So you're just going to have to face that people are going to rest. And so Fam needed to play that night. And then I think yesterday there was no choice but to play Fam. You didn't have Mike. Myers or Grisham. You didn't have Myers or Grisham. Who else but he was, was in there originally. Now? He was he in was. there originally anyway. So, he was. Yes. Instead, of, instead of Mateo. And, right. um, but still, it it worked, you know, I, I, that's to me that there's a big conundrum there with fam. It's like, how long can they stick with a guy who's not producing? But at the same time, he hit a hundred mile an hour line drive on Saturday night that, you know, with probably anybody else in baseball, the game is tied. If anybody yeah. else playing center field yesterday, he came yeah. through with a big hit when it was three to two. Maybe that's a sign it's turning around. I I don't know. What what do you what, He had where? a terrible series in Pittsburgh. And before yeah. that, I would have defended him to the end based on mm-hmm. hard hits, based on his history. Look, if Tommy Pham had spent 17, 18, and 19 uh in San Diego, fans would have a longer leash with him. Maybe they, you know, I mean he was playing uh in St. Louis and then in, in uh Tampa Bay, and he was one of the best 20 to 30 hitters in baseball. Right. And, you know, look, uh I know that people don't like to hear about hard hits and, and, and play discipline and all that. He had a terrible series in Pittsburgh. Uh, he didn't have a terrible series here, though I would agree with you. There were some terrible at-bats where you're like, wow, is he, what, what's, what's happening? Is he, is he yeah. pressing? Is he, is he about to you know, break the bat rack? Is he, you know, what, what's happening with Tommy? Um, but let's say that that ball had fallen uh, on, on Saturday, which it didn't, but let's say it had. And then yesterday, what, a walk and a hit? You'd be looking at Tommy Pham a heck of a lot different. And right, just like right. if any one of those 370 foot drives um, had, you know, been a hit instead of instead of an out early in the season, you'd be looking at Tommy Pham a lot different. That's what baseball is. By the way, I think April's his worst month in his, uh, historically, and he finishes strong. Not saying that'll happen now. He is 34 years old, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah. Um, but the bat speed seems to be there. Um, so, you know, uh, again, uh, you're right. And you do have Jurickson Profar. So if, and by the way, if Will Myers can keep the knee healthy, Trent Grisham can keep the quad healthy, Fernando Tatis Jr. can keep the shoulder healthy, yeah. then you can maybe afford to not, you know, to shorten the leash if Tommy Pham continues to struggle. If one of those things doesn't happen and you have to start playing Profar every day somewhere, unless Jorge Mateo, you know, <laughs> really steps up at, Tommy Pham's going to play. 
Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I would take my chances with Fam over Mateo on an everyday basis. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, they're they're going to have to rotate people at this point. I mean, Myers is not going to be able, you know, he played, what, three days in a row, and then he was out yesterday. Um, you know, Grisham, yeah. obviously, is having some trouble. You're not going to be able to play those guys every day and profile every day. So they're going to need a rotation. Um, and I think, Hos- you know, you, you don't want to take Hosmer out too much, but he's going to be included a little bit in that uh, in that rotation as well. So because, pro- you know, they they played Profar at first. Let's remember in the, that in the no hitter. Yeah. yeah. Hosmer's so, 31. Yeah. He is more successful against righties. So he's hit lefties this year. But, you know, yeah, Eric, I think they're they're doing it pretty wisely. What are we three weeks in now? I've lost track. Um, yeah, and he's, uh, and he's even, rested like two and a half. He's rested twice and DH'd once. Um, yeah. I, I think that that's probably the way that you would see Eric Hosmer being used. Um, so Saturday, I want to go. We we talked somewhat about Friday and the missed opportunities and 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 all that. I I do think Saturday, you Darvish was unbelievable. He had a perfect. He pitched seven innings. Six of them were perfect. The seventh one, he got the first two guys. It wasn't the seventh inning, but you know what I mean. Right, it's the fifth. Yeah, he got the first two guys out. Unlucky to hit a guy, and then just. <laughs> You know, a soft, kind of a soft single. Yep. And then it's kind of like, what happened? It's like Austin Barnes, an eight hitter. I was thinking, okay, he's going to be a little bit careful with him. But he, I think he threw 14 pitches to Austin Barnes and Clayton Kershaw. And not one of them was a forcing fastball. No, any, idea, any idea what was going on there with, the, with that pitch selection? And just the whole, you kind of look at it and go, how could you not put Clayton Kershaw away here? No one involved seemed surprised as as the rest of us watching because he did. He went there. There were times he would go twenty five pitches without a fastball in that mm-hmm. game because I went back and looked because I'm like, is this what my eyes? Oh wow, yeah, that's what. Well, I know um, it was like seventeen or eighteen in that inning. I know no one was. <clears throat> there was one inning he didn't throw one until like the twenty fourth pitch or whatever. I mean, it was like incredible. Right. And and yeah. you got the pitcher up there and it's cutter, 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 cutter. No one there. They're like, that's just what you Darvish does. Okay. I guess, you know, he's redefining <laughs> pitching backward. Uh, yeah. Like it's like he, it's eyes closed wondered, and backward. I even wondered like if it, if something had happened, I mean, they were obviously teammates a couple of years ago. And I wondered if like somewhere in Darvish's mind, he had seen Kershaw do something like against it's, a fastball. And he was like, it's okay, interesting because the way Kershaw ahead. talked, it was like, it was like, he had no chance up there. He was looking to walk. To he was looking to do what he did, which is get seven, eight pitches. I forget what right. it was. Um, he even did yeah. like a profile swing. It was almost like it was on purpose. After he'd been so <laughs> mad that he got it. No, obviously he didn't hit Caratini's glove, but you know, gave a weird swing, and it was um, it was quite the at bat. Um, yeah, and it was absolutely mind boggling that a man that could throw six perfect innings would have that happen. Now, was it McKinstry? Who was it that whoever got hit, that was masterful, almost picked their foot up to get hit by yeah. that pitch. Yeah. Like, hey, good for you. Um, and then the the flared single at whatever it was, there weren't a whole lot of hard hits uh, on oh, either no. pitcher that night. No. Um, so, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, that those, was are two of the, those are two of the best. I mean, look, Kershaw is going to the Hall of Fame. Darvish is a Hall of Fame level pitcher. I mean, I, I, he's because of the way his career went, he's probably not going to have Hall of Fame numbers, but he was very possibly the best pitcher in all of baseball last year, certainly in the National League. There were a lot of people that thought he should have won the Cy Young Award. 
um, over Bauer. So, I mean, that was that was a good old-fashioned pitcher's duel, and it got decided by, like I said, a, a weird walk to the other pitcher, and and that which I think somebody had a stat. I don't know if it was Elias or who that. That had not happened for the since 2004 or something. I think that was for the only run of the game, and it ended up not being the oh, only run. Okay. Um, okay. But you know, and then it gets decided by a, a tremendous defensive play by a tremendous player. And then yesterday, you know, again, the one mistake that was made was uh, the biggest mistake that was made was by the Dodgers, and the Padres were able to capitalize. I do want to point out the the Padre bullpen continues to be just phenomenal. I think, you know, Tim Hill obviously ran out of gas the other night. The one concerning part is, to me at least, is Drew Pomerantz, who clearly is not healthy. They said they tried to avoid him on Friday night, and they ended up using him anyway. But then we, we didn't, when we didn't see him yesterday in the eighth inning, I think Keela came in instead. To me, that was a sign that he's still not right. What, what are you hearing about? about Pomerantz. Yeah, they they still trying to limp along that even though it's his shoulder, uh they they're still yeah. trying to limp along here uh and not put him on the IL, which is pretty significant except you don't really have anybody to replace him with. Um, so, you know, it's not like you're like, oh, cool. Now Austin Adams can come up or whatever. By the way, Austin Adams found his, sl- you know, his slider yesterday, so that oh, was really good news. That was uh, yeah. That's the Austin Adams that you thought you were going to see and that you're like, hey, right on. Um, I was at the game with a friend who was like, who's Austin Adams? And I said, I, I go, I, you know, he came over in the Mar- with the Mariners. And I said, the only thing I know is Kevin Acey keeps telling me this guy could be a closer someday. And yesterday, I think we saw why ridiculous. you have people, why you say that and why you have people yeah. in the organization telling that to you, because that was that was impressive. But I think that this is something that is, you know, it's on my my list. I got my little post-it notes I put in my uh, notebook, and and Drew Pomeranz is on there because, I mean, like, how long can you go? Uh, and, and what's unfortunate, you know, if it's going to be like a few days, well, now they can only go retroactive to, to Saturday versus, I mean, the guy's only pitched once in the last nine days. Right, so, right. Uh, you know, if you put him on the IL now, it's because you think that he needs another however long, but yeah, another uh, week at least. Right. Yeah. But that is, that even makes it more incredible what they're doing without Drew Pomeranz. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. It, it's really, and, and that you, you just, you just hope that, you don't look back and go because bullpens, man, like you don't even bring up how good the bullpen is to coaches or to like uh, people in the uh, front office. Cause they're just ner- you're constantly nervous about bullpens because they can go South in a second, mm-hmm. just like they can, you know, go, you know, do really well uh, for stretches. But right now it's uh, it's really super impressive. And like every guy now, Tim Hill, he's uh, a little bit of bad luck and you know, Man, they've used that guy a lot. I mean, yeah. wow. Uh, but other than that, like everybody that's pitched, even guys you didn't expect a lot out of, has at least done their job. Yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, I think that's true. And it was weird the way that the Dodgers it suddenly changed their approach against Hill. It was like they had this somebody realized in between innings, hey, why don't we go up there and just attack this guy? And the second inning, it was like I mean, they just came out Boom. swinging it, swinging at everything. It was like, wow, this is. Uh, this is something, and we should mention Jake Jake Cronenworth came in and was throwing. I think in the mid '80s. I think he said saw him say somewhere that uh, yeah. he was t- he wanted to throw harder, and they told him not to. Uh, yeah. He still managed to strike out Mookie Betts, which was uh, um, and Joe Musgrove he, played left field and caught the and, sacrifice fly from David Price. What a game! Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that was something. And now, I mean, you, you talk about pitching the 
look at the Brewers coming oh. in here, and and they. I'm going to cite a couple things that Jeff Sanders had sent along for his on deck that'll be online uh, today. But their pitching staff leads the majors with an opponent's average of 194, uh, top five, top five in ERA and WHIP. Their bullpen has not been great. Josh Hader has been good. Devin Williams, who was the rookie of the year last year, uh, four earned runs in his first four and two thirds this year. But going to see Brandon Woodruff tonight, one run over his last 13 innings, a 2 1 2 ERA. He goes against Joe Musgrove. Um, Corbin Burns tomorrow night, who I'm not terribly familiar with, 0.49 ERA. Uh, has struck out 48% of the batters that he's faced this year. The only guy with a higher rate is Jacob deGrom. So that's pretty good pretty good company. He's second in the majors in opponent average behind Carlos Rodon. So pretty good numbers there. He'll go against presumably Chris Paddock, uh, like you said, unless they decide to go with Lamette. And then on, uh, on Wednesday, Adrian Hauser, who has a 3-1-4 ERA, very much a ground ball pitcher. So uh, something to watch something to watch there and then they're missing three key players though uh, christian yelich went on the injured list uh, over the weekend lorenzo kane was already on there colton wong was already on there so uh their offense has not been uh has not been terribly special here you'll like this kevin they're on base percentage as a team is 301 that number sounds about sounds pretty familiar doesn't it <laughs> so they're uh they're they're being uh, helped along by their pitching uh, as well yeah so we'll, have a couple, so we'll have some more pitchers duels that uh, go three that, and a half hours. That but, only take, yeah, only take yeah. three hours and 12 minutes. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Burns. I mean, obviously we didn't get to see any of the central teams last year. Right, uh, right. This guy throws in the upper mid nineties, I guess. Uh, no one has got a hit off of anything other than his fastball. And, and by the way, <laughs> That's four hits. Uh, opponents are four for 60 against him. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to this. What What can the – I mean, the Padres do not get a break uh, the, this 10-game uh, no. stretch, seven against the Dodgers. And then, oh, the Brewers, cool. Oh, no, that's not so cool. Uh, yeah. So, uh, hey, but like, you know what Jace Taylor said? They're tests, and, and, and they're going to see, you know, how good they are. And you know what? I guess it will help you when you go to play the Pirates again. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess uh, I, I guess we'll I guess we'll tell ourselves uh, we'll tell ourselves that. <laughs> yeah, well, Jason's uh, telling himself that, and you know, yeah. whatever. It worked out last year. I re- just remember, everybody, if you're starting to think that Jace Tingler sounded a little bit like Andy Green, um, that uh, you know, trying to find the positive and everything, he stayed positive all last year, and eventually it turned. Uh, so, what would be the equivalent? Uh, last year's season started on July 24th. We're 16 games in with 60. We're like at July 28th right now uh, for, 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 for last year. Uh, so we've got a long, long way to go. That's uh, kind of mind-boggling to me because it's really been an eventful Padres season already. I know. That's that's the thing. I mean, we're barely – well, what, 17 games? Is that what we yep. said? Ten and, they're 10 and 7. I mean, that's it's 10% of the season. That's it. This is like – one, one NFL game. One NFL game has been played. And uh, so I guess that's why all the overreaction, because it's o- it's overreaction Monday, that first <laughs> that first Monday of the NFL season, where you're either you're either going to the Super Bowl or you're in the running to draft Trevor Lawrence. You know, so that's that's the way it goes. But no, it's it'll be fun. Three more uh, at Petco before you head out on the road again and uh, oh. uh, back to L.A. So uh, look, this is what we look forward to. This waited a long time to get a. Uh, to have a season like this and and uh, so far yeah you'd want the Padres to have more wins but 
the games have been fun to watch and, and it's good to have a team. It's good to have a situation where these, where you tell yourself these games matter. And yeah, instead you know, of trying to, instead of, instead of having to convince yourself that they matter, you know, that they matter. And that, we, that makes it a lot of fun. I, I, I go to bed pretty tired every, every morning. Um, and, <laughs> and then I, I wake up later that morning and I'm excited. I'm energized again. And then look that like, I'm kind of a geek and, and, and then, you know, I've been only back on the baseball beat a little bit. And so I would be that way even in 18 and 19, but it's what it was convincing yourself. And it was like, Oh, cool. I get to see how Eric Lauer bounces back tonight or, you know, the Hunter Renfro's plate discipline. And, and you were just looking for things and now it's just, it's easy. Oh, are the Padres going to win? Um, yeah. because wins actually matter. And I think you and I were talking about what they should do on that uh, road trip uh, that they just had. And yes, it was disappointing uh, to them that they won only two of four in Pittsburgh. But I, I threw out that I thought they should be nine and five uh, at least. And they were, they were nine and five. And then, okay, one of the teams was going to win the series and one of the teams was going to lose the series right. against the Dodgers and the Padres lost it. So here they are at 10 and seven. They get through this week, then they get a break from the Dodgers for a while, and and uh, you know we'll we'll see. So, everybody, thank you for joining us. We will talk to you again on Thursday.